0: Thursday nights from 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. Join us on Blooming Out. Broadcast live from the studios of WFHB, Blooming Out is a weekly public affairs show which engages members of the LGBTQ+, and allied community with news, entertainment, and events. That's Blooming Out, Thursday nights from 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. on WFHB.
1: This is WFHB Bloomington, Indiana, broadcasting independently from the John Waldron Arts Center. The Waldron is owned and operated by Ivy Tech Community College Bloomington, a proud supporter of community radio. Right now it's 32 degrees Fahrenheit in Bloomington, and tonight it's going to get down to 18 degrees. Stay tuned for Blooming Out.
2: Welcome to Blooming Out, Indiana's only LGBTQ plus news and public affairs show featuring music, events, and interviews, both local and global. From the WFHB studios in Bloomington, Indiana, this is Blooming Out.
3: Good evening, everyone. And welcome to Blooming Out. I'm Alex Ashkin. And
4: I'm
2: Rachel Jones.
4: And I'm Frankie Presslaugh. And thank you for joining us for a new edition of Indiana's Only Queer Public Affair Radio Show. We're conveniently posted on WFHB.org. So if you, can, if you can't listen live, you can hear this in other episodes online via the WFHB website.
2: Each and every week, we produce a show by and for the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and ally communities. Our listeners can always count on us to cover the most pressing issues, interesting people, and latest events reflecting the TLGB plus life in Indiana, the U.S., and across the world.
4: Our featured stories focus around topics both at home and abroad. Tonight, we look at a recent news of an Indian prince who is openly... Opening, opening, sorry, a LGBTQ community um, center in his palace um, creates a unique resource for the queer community in a country where same sex relationships are still
3: illegal. We will also be featuring a few more tracks this week from my personal favorite album of 2017, Heaven by Jamila Woods. And we will be having a discussion with our guest, Janae Cummings, regarding sec- er, intersectionality advocacy, and the age-old saying, think globally, act locally, as it pertains to the LGBTQ community. Tonight, as mentioned, we are joined in the studio by Janae Cummings, Chairwoman of Bloomington Pride and Strategic Communications Specialist at CWIT, the
2: Center for Excellence, or, uh,
3: moving on. (laughs) Rachel?
2: Wednesday, Janu- January 10th, Indian prince, and bear with me here, okay, Manvan Dar Singh Gohil announced he will be opening his palace in western Gujarat to the LGBT community, a group often marginalized in India as same-sex relations are still illegal in India. The prince, age 52, said he is building the LGBT people on the grounds of his ancestral palace. So this is kind of a cool
3: story as a whole. I think, honestly, we sometimes have these discussions about the LGBTQ community abroad, and often we're talking about the policy and uh, the legal decisions that governments are making uh, with regards to same-sex marriage and the civil rights that are sort of tied to that. And this is sort of a cool thing because, for once, we we get to focus on an individual who's not only um, kind of going against the grain. A- as mentioned, uh, same-sex relationships are illegal in India, but is kind of going about his own way to foster and really kind of build up his local LGBTQ community. I mean, this guy's kind of
2: awesome it's the coolest story ever really
3: yeah um so the first big thing they did uh several years ago was that prince gohill set up the lakshaya trust which is an lgbtq charity and uh that helps fund and provide resources to uh queer folks who are living in gujarat in india uh additionally His quote uh, when asked about the center was to this point, I'm not going to have children, so I thought why not use the space for a good purpose? He's going to be offering things like a medical facility, uh, rooms for stay, uh, vocational training classes, and uh, English language classes so that people who might otherwise be excluded from Potential opportunities in the region will still have those resources available to them.
2: I think what's cool about this, um, when the LGBT movement started getting traction here initially, it was it was a, a gay it was getting traction in the gay community, and the T community was pretty much the redheaded stepchild. I think what he is doing. Um, Is including everybody from the very beginning and and what's unique about it instead of privately hiding and doing things on his palace grounds that have probably been done for millennia he is publicly and openly trying to create change in India and he's not gone through this without having backlash his mother actually took an article out in the paper um basically saying hey this guy's no longer my son I, I i disown what he is doing i i just love this story it's so hopeful
3: and that's something that to me is sort of the biggest thing here here at blooming out our biggest concern a lot of the times is uh how do we foster greater strength within our community and additionally uh sort of allow a better discourse between the lgbt the local lgbtq communities and sort of the larger local culture as a whole and it's sort of amazing to see a person who kind of you know takes it upon themselves to say i i see that there are gaps within our culture within our society and within our local community what can i do within each thing you know nationally within india you know sort of within the state of gujarat and then actually within his town and sort of on his palace grounds what can i do to help improve the lives for people who might otherwise be less fortunate than i am because
4: I haven't heard much about this. This is kind of one of my my first times hearing this. Um have you heard any like backlashes from like the government or have anybody, you know, do you think you know that's what i would be curious about like what, where, what's going to happen there what's going to be the support within the community I, I mean it just seems like you know i mean awesome he's doing it you know hats head, off but you know nothing like that happens without a little difficulty to follow and it'd be interesting and maybe not maybe you know the community is going to be open to it uh, except for mom
2: i think uh, a, <laughs> I, I think there's traction being gained regardless i i read an article and i wish i could tell you what state it was but There were five ministers basically saying, "You know, repeal this being illegal," uh, which I thought was big forethought for a religious community to say, "You know, this is not where we need to be and what we need to be pursuing."
3: And I think the thing that, that sort of the biggest question here is whether or not as a like nationally how much this is going to kind of push the discussion forward because I think in a certain way the creation of these resources and the inclusion in this you know in a way a safe place as we kind of use our terminology in a way um, if it's going to kind of give more opportunities for, you know, LGBTQ folks in Gujarat to kind of be humanized in a sense. I think that's always sort of the biggest first step is sort of getting rid of that sense of othering. And I I would like to believe, and, you know, everything is yet to be seen, but that the establishment of, you know, these classes, having a place to stay, you know, medical services, things like that will allow people to find a little bit more normalcy in their lives. Vocational
2: and, training, too. Yeah,
3: and then allow, you know, the greater local community to sort of say, you know, they're no different than you or I, and why, why do we – have this sort of ingrained or uh culturally expected uh response of like oh they're they're different oh well, you know they, they they need to be kind of separated from us or whatever they end up doing and that that's the biggest thing is sort of like how big of a step will it be and will it kind of cause as big of waves is what we're hoping well i'm
4: expecting i mean it's already made world news so hello <laughs> they, they've, <laughs> they've accomplished quite a bit so it'll be interesting you know again how the community um you know accepts them and you know if this is going to bring an influx of the gblt community you know people into this this area <laughs> um so it'll you know it'll, Again, just sit back and kind of watch i mean it's ha it happened here you know sixty years ago, fifty years ago, twenty years ago, depending on what history you want to look at um, mm-hmm. when you know this would have made national news you know a a community a gay community center a queer community center opening, and especially uh,
2: by such a prominent person right yes mm-hmm. um same token there's a fellow in Texas running for Congress, he ran for governor and didn't win his primary, but is wanting to bring back the death penalty for, bring back, bring the death penalty, go by biblical law, Old Testament law for, um, gay, gay, gay people. Hmm.
4: Yeah, I I remember reading about that. I mean, it's, it's, it's scary. I mean, here we are again. You know, we're, we're, we're looking at an awe, you know, in, in, in India for, for doing, you know, opening the center, and then here we are. Um, with, you know, people in, in, in our own country and we think we've made so much, uh, progress and, you know, this is something that, I don't know, there was, you know, when, at least in the other administration you wouldn't, I don't think you'd necessarily be hearing a lot of that. Or at least it wouldn't get prominent press. And nowadays it's, you know, you almost think of it as, is it a possibility? Could it happen? You know?
3: Yeah, I I always wonder about that. I I'm of the personal belief that civil rights is sort of, I, and I don't want to use like pan, Pandora's box. Uh, um, that that's a, I'm for you folks uh, listening. Oh, I'm using air quotes here. <laughs> um, but it, it's sort of one of those things where it's like once it happens, the cat's out of the bag. Like very rarely do like, un, outside of. Um, exceptional and trying times, do, is there really ever a m- large step back in civil rights? But I think, you know, for a lot of people, and especially right now, that is a real concern. And it's sort of, how do we best respond? both the LGBTQ community, their allies, and also the leaders in local, state, federal government, do to not only make sure that rights aren't taken away from those that matter to them, and from all Americans and all people worldwide, but also how do you deal with an issue of bigotry or ignorance without simply sort of brushing it off as just that i
2: think they tried to brush hitler off too and not that i'm making a comparison but you might want to i think um they're very much trying to turn those things backwards right now the johnson amendment being appealed where churches can now um give money to political candidates um i think it i think there's a great attempt to turn things back and it is meeting it's getting some traction unfortunately it's possible it's here i mean it, it's our administration
3: i i mean i think that's admittedly and it a huge, it is a huge concern uh, the johnson admin- uh amendment to my knowledge actually was not repealed um it that was actually something that i Read recently, it was actually last, last, last minute amendment to the recent tax bill. Was they actually, that was like the one thing the Democrats got to do was like pull that out. Yeah, so. Good. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> but um, even to me, like, I, I wasn't aware of that. I thought it was, you know. Yeah, I thought I'd I, it had gone through. And so, it to me, it's sort of like, okay. We won one small battle, but there's still a lot to fight. There's still a lot of – there's going to be many more hills. I
2: don't think that's even winning a battle though, you guys. I think the fact that it was brought up is the battle, not the fact that, that it didn't get accepted. It didn't get repealed, but the fact that it was even there and it was okay for it to be there um i think that's the battle then
4: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah, somebody didn't kill it somewhere else and then it appears on there okay um we have to put a pin in this conversation for a moment while we take a few minutes to enjoy some music from our featured artist this week jamal woods
3: tonight we're going to open with black girl soldier by jamila woods
5: She's dead.
2: You were listening to Black Girl Soldier by Jamila Woods. We now return to the discussion i ah, god you guys. We turn now to a discussion theme that we hope to revisit a few times this year, the right to service, or the case for some, the right to deny service.
3: And so Janae, it's great to have you on, first of all. We really appreciate getting someone from Bloomington Pride in the studio. Uh, the first thing is, uh, we have been sort of discussing the, what we think is sort of one of the big pivot issues of 2018, which is, uh, sort of right to service, right to deny service. Uh, is there, first of all, anything that Bloomington Pride is doing to, in terms of like the advocacy front with regards to issues like this? Um, I know, masterpiece cake shop versus colorado civil rights commission uh they had their hearing about a month ago uh for uh oral arguments so that was a big thing um is there certain things that you as an organization are uh just trying to track or like kind of inform people about and as part of your advocacy
0: yeah, as part of our advocacy, we're always uh, working to make sure that uh, things that are happening in the world that affect people in our community, whether here in Bloomington or beyond, that they know about those things. Um, something that's happening in California or Seattle could just as easily happen in Bloomington. Um, I think we're lucky that we haven't had any notable cases like this here. Um, but if something like that were to happen, if we were to have our own masterpiece, piece cake shop, uh, situation, um, we would absolutely be Advocating on behalf of anyone who was denied service, whether that was speaking to the business owner, speaking with the city, um, the local administration, and because something like that in Bloomington violates our human rights ordinance, and that's something that mm-hmm. would need to be addressed, um, very quickly. Absolutely.
3: So you, you briefly sort of mentioned you know, something that kind of happens globally could very well affect those within the local LGBTQ community, and to a certain degree, I think that is. Partially, in a sense, related to the concept of intersectionality, um and that's something that I think a lot of us aren't a hundred percent sure like how to define. Could could you kind of help explain the concept of intersectionality to us, and sort of what you do as a leader within the community to help keep people mindful? Sure.
0: Um, I think intersectionality is something, and that's an issue everywhere. It's not really to do with uh, a masterpiece cake shop situation, for instance, right? Um, intersectionality, or rather, it might be easier to speak about the lack of intersectionality, which is something that we see in a lot of activist movements and a lot of communities. It is simply the act of excluding people. Um, many movements, uh, many activist groups are led by cisgender white people, and it is rare or it is increasingly less rare rather um, as we move forward as a society uh that that uh that, that that these groups include other people from from marginalized groups and so the concept of intersectionality is making sure i think in the simplest terms that uh everyone has a voice everyone is being spoken for um, that you are including people from from all aspects of life, from all identities, um, all, abil- all, all all abilities, uh, all races, um, and that's not necessarily- I think there are situations where people mistake intersectionality for some kind of quota system. Oh, we have a Latinx person involved, we have a transgender person involved, we're intersectional, and that's not what that means. Um, you can have, let's say, a committee of three white people and two black people and a transgender person and someone who identifies as, as non-binary, and it can be intersectional as long as you are taking into account the issues that affect the most marginalized people in your community.
3: So... Um, I guess – please allow me to paraphrase if possible. Um, In a certain way, it's uh, – as a community, it's making sure that even though – or even though sort of those with the least power or those with uh, kind of the least backing in a sense or – I, I'm kind of butchering this concept, aren't I? <laughs> You're doing okay. Uh, uh, th- those who who do not have the same sort of agency as especially those, you know, who kind of fit within the traditional heteronormative uh, rubric, in a sense, uh, uh, making sure that they have equal protection and equal access to advocacy
0: on their part. Right. And it's making sure that they have a voice. Um, because a lot of these movements really are about power. I think you can take any LGBTQ movement, let's take same sex marriage, for example. Um, that's something that very much benefited white, uh, cisgender, gays and lesbians. What about everyone else? That was that was certainly not an intersectional movement. It was something that I think benefited a, a portion of our community, but certainly not all of it. And um, I think there were communities within our community that were kind of asked to put their issues aside. Um, we're not worried about transgender rights today. We're worried about getting married. Like we're not worried about the marginalization of 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 queer people of color. We're moving forward on this issue, and we'll come back to you later. Like pipe down, please. Um, that that I, I think that's more what we're we're thinking of. Okay.
4: So before we get on, how about a little bit about you? You know, how did you get involved with this and, um, you know, come into your position?
0: Uh, I joined the Bloomington Pride Board of Directors in 2016 and uh, was voted vice chair later that year. And then last February, I was voted uh, by the board as into the chair position. Um, and over the last year, we've had a significant reorganization. We are a completely volunteer-based organization um, run ex- run by our board of directors. And so that's – I'm not quite sure if that answers the entirety of your question. Just
4: you know, bec- becoming an activist and yeah, getting um, involved and...
0: I think uh, becoming an activist, getting involved is just seeing too much happening in the world that infuriates you and in getting involved. I mean, I think it's very easy for people to get angry about something and make a Facebook post and then kind of move on with your day. Um, so I think... It was really about, not just for me, but for others, making the decision to actually do something and to get involved and to try to affect whatever change was possible in my little uh corner of the world that I could.
4: Uh, are you from Bloomington?
0: I am not. I moved to Bloomington about seven years ago. Okay. I work at IU. So uh, IU, I think, like most people in town, brought me here. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so
3: y- you touched upon the idea of it, it's really easy to make a social media post to, like, sort of make this one statement, put it out into the world, and then be like, I've done my duty. Um, how, As a community leader and somebody who is, a, you know, at a position that allows you to advocate, uh, what do you do in a way to kind of, like, help encourage people to take that extra step to, you know, go from – I'm a armchair activist, too. I'm going to – if I see something that is unjust, something that is wrong, I'm going to get out in the street. I'm going to make some noise. I'm going to make sure not only my voice is heard but those who – have been disadvantaged by whatever might have happened, that their voices are heard. Are
0: there. you asking how I help to activate others? Is, is that the question? Sure, sure. Yes.
3: Um,
0: I think a lot of this is, I mean, we you, you can malign social media and say, oh, you're just kind of a keyboard warrior or whatever, but I think given where we are as a society today, that is where a lot of that begins, okay. right? Um, you can use your Facebook or your Instagram or your Twitter to influence the people around you to influence your network. And so that is a start. It's just that if you are are particularly passionate about something, then you need to go out and do something more. You need to write your legislator. You need to talk to your local government. You need to talk to local businesses. You need to talk to the people who... Are in power where you are, and maybe also look at what power you have in your life. Like a lot of people are managers or business owners or whatever, and so we all have influence where we are. And so I think encouraging people to use that influence to whatever whatever length they can is really what um, what I and and, and we Bloomington tri- Pride try to do. Mm-hmm. And I think also just continuing to to raise awareness about various issues, whether it's in the news or just things that are happening to people on a day-to-day basis is important because I think a lot of people have trouble I don't know, maybe localizing or personalizing some issues. Like Masterpiece Cake Shop is something that doesn't really happen around here. And so we were kind of like, oh that would never happen in Bloomington. I don't really have anything to worry about. Um, But that's not true. And there are people here who have plenty of issues. There are pl- people here who are discriminated against and, and uh, struggle to make it in this town. And do you know them? And what are you doing to help them?
4: Mm-hmm. Do you have, you know, for instance, situations that you've People have come to you within our community that have said that, you know, I'm being discriminated against. I mean, you don't have to give names. but Yeah, I would.
0: Uh, I'd rather not give names. No, of,
4: I'm not looking for names uh, at all. But just situations within the community that people might be surprised that's happening. In, yeah, uh, I mean, there in, are
0: there have been people uh, in Bloomington who have uh, been, if not denied service, made to feel unwelcome. Um, simply because of their identity or how they're perceived in a store or a restaurant and, uh, have come to us and like, this has happened to me and, and, uh, or, or, or simply been maybe misgendered or maybe those kind of like stares and those snide comments, the kind of things that you feel where you know someone knows who you are right. and they're letting you know that they know who you are. Right. Um, and kind of, uh, making those establishments aware. So then um,
4: somebody would call them or set up a meeting with that yeah, business? Yeah, and, yeah, I think it's and,
0: easy. I think in a town like this one, face-to-face conversations go a long way. And um, understanding like what is a friendly establishment and which one is not. And um, if you are not one, we will certainly let people know.
2: Right. I, I think you have to be careful in assuming, okay, I, I am misgendered a lot. And I'm wearing a, a skirt, and I have on a wig. And on a very, very good day, I don't pass. But I don't think that's the point. But I think sometimes, sometimes people misgender you to be distasteful.
0: Right, right? it's aggressive, and it's not, it's not a mistake.
2: But right. but sometimes people call me sir, and I know they are trying to be respectful, and they just don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes you can correct them and sometimes it almost seems like Jeepers. Um, but, but 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 there is not harm meant and only you know when you're there. But but I but I think by taking a chip off and looking at it as gosh, this individual really is trying to be trying to be respectful and doesn't know how um there's room for that, too,
0: yeah, there absolutely is, and I think you know in those situations, you hear about it and you and you realize this, this place this person just needs more education right. they need to mm-hmm. understand what pronouns are and what they mean and how to apply them. um They need to understand how simply to be a better ally, and so it's not all fire and brimstone, and you 're bad, and right. no one should ever come here again. I mean, a lot of it really is just education
2: it's fear too. I think sometimes they're afraid to call me ma'am because that would just seem funny because they know. Uh, I am not, right? That I'm – I was not born as a woman Mm -hmm. um, physically and Mm -hmm. they're just afraid to cross that as they try and be
0: respectful.
4: Right, right. So are there – do you guys have like educational – programs or we that do. you go into businesses? We do. And um,
0: we have a lot of resources on our website um, that ranges from a list of, for instance, transgender healthcare resources to glossaries and, you know, this is how you say this and this is how you don't. So these are problematic terms and these are not and that kind of thing. Um, we also have monthly educational workshops. Um, right now we're focusing on, starting in February, we'll have a rotating workshop on race and racism. Um, another one coming in April about homelessness and then one following that about spirituality and those will rotate month to month who leads
4: these are the
0: uh race and racism will be led by uh to uh doctoral students from the gender studies department at iu um but we'll be partnering with with various agencies um in the community and anybody in the
4: community you don't have to be part of the university oh no no no, absolutely not
0: all of all of our events um all of our workshops are for everyone because we can all learn something we don't know it all um no one knows it all there's always room to learn and to grow and so everyone these are community wide events and not just for the lgbtq community for everyone right
3: right absolutely Excuse us for a moment as we put this discussion on hold for our weekly events.
1: Coming up is Bill and Ted's Burlesque Adventure. Join hosts Gwen Sunkle and Scarlet No Pants On at the back door starting at 10 p.m. on Saturday the 20th for History, Comedy, and Burlesque. Number one rule, be excellent to each other. For more information, check the calendar section at the back door's website at bckdoor.com. Bloomington Pride Film Festival is right around the corner. The 2018 Bloomington Pride Film Festival explores the lives and experiences of the LGBTQ plus community through feature-length and short films and live performances that advocate community-wide attitudes of awareness, acceptance, and appreciation of diversity. The event will be held from Thursday, January 25th, to Saturday the 27th at the Buskirk Chumley Theater. Check bloomingtonpride.org backslash events for more details. Join the Quintasonic Brass Band at Ford Crawford Hall this Saturday at 1 p.m. for an assortment of modern and classic brass ensemble pieces. This free event will be hosted at the Ford Crawford Hall on the second floor of the Simon Music Center at 200 South Jordan Avenue. Now back to Blooming Out.
4: Welcome back to Blooming Out. We are lucky
2: to have the fantastic and fearless Janae Cummings um, with us. Could you go in a little bit about the film festival coming up?
0: Absolutely. Um, our uh, 16th annual film festival takes place January 25th to the 27th. That's next Thursday through Saturday at the Buskirk Chumley Theater. Um, it is nine screening blocks with 25 short and feature-length films, eight or nine, I think, uh, student films, uh, films from students at IU will have two filmmaker talkbacks. And one of those films is a potential Oscar contender. So. Wow.
2: wow. I'm so glad you're including some IU students. Films in this—that's yeah. wonderful. Yeah,
0: um, these are these are films that have been uh, produced over the last two to three years or so um, that focus on LGBTQ themes. And so, what I really wanted to do, what we wanted to do, was just see what was out there and see if there was interest in continuing to produce these films, um, hopefully for the festival. So, the idea being, maybe at 2019, um, we have a prize, a student filmmaker prize. Um, so, this is kind of laying the groundwork for that, first to see if there's interest, first to see how the, what the quality of the films are. Um, it's important, particularly with queer filmmakers, to nurture that talent and, um, to make sure that they're supported in what they're doing so they can continue to make these kinds of films because representation, I think, for us is just so low.
2: Can you share some of the themes that will be featured?
0: Sure. Um, actually, they, they run the gamut, uh, on Thursday we have a short dealing with uh, immigration A uh, couple split up and one must meet the other at the border um, there's a documentary about Armistead Maupin, if you're familiar with the Tales of the City series that evening um, we have a film on Thursday I'm just going through all the Thursday films it seems um, <laughs> and she has <laughs> no script she's doing all this we have a film on uh, Thursday it is a short film called Transmute with um, actor activist and glad educator Scott Turner Schofield and so so Scott and this is a this is a film where um, Scott has trans or the character has transitioned and um, the mom calls with devastating news. And now this character must return home and revealed, you know, they have re- transitioned and how is that going to go? And so um, a follow up to transmute will be a talk back with Scott. Uh, so we'll discuss with him, you know, the process of, of making the film. Um, Scott's uh, one of the leading uh, trans actors uh, around today, I think, uh, on the first the first trans actor to be on a soap opera. I think it's on the bold and the beautiful. I need to check on that, but, uh, but he'll be in town for the week. He's putting on a performance at the back door the Wednesday, the night before the festival, um, called How to Be a Man in 127 Easy Steps. And, uh, he'll also host, uh, in partnership with Bloomington Pride, an activist workshop, um, on Saturday, January 27th. So that's very exciting. Um, on Friday, we have, I believe, three features. The first is called The Wound. It's a South African film. Then that is on the short list for best foreign language film, and um, it is about a young man who I think leaves his leaves his home to go fight uh, uh, in the army or or maybe some kind of like military situation, and uh, you know he kind of comes into his own and also maybe his identity is revealed and how does that go? Um, we will have also that evening. A uh, lesbian drama called Snapshots, where if you're familiar with Piper Laurie, who was in Twin Peaks and I think was the mother in Carrie, um, her granddaughter, her character is a granddaughter finds some pictures and it's like, who is Grandma? Who was she after all? And so there's that's a that's a drama, um, and that will be the festival premiere uh, for Snapshots. It'll be at Tribeca Film Festival later, so they get to call themselves the world premiere of Snapshots, but we are the festival debut for that. Film, cool. um, and there will be another one. There will be uh, two shorts and another feature that evening. Um, another one dealing a short called "The Jump Off," uh, dealing with uh, two gay black men, one of whom is still in the closet, and you know what is it like to be in love with the person who is not out, and how and, and grappling with that. Um, on Saturday, that's the big day. I know I've already done a lot of talking. Keep going. But, that's why uh, you're here.
4: <laughs> yeah, keep going.
0: But. <laughs> But, uh that is the big day we kick off at noon with our with our short films or not short films i think they're yeah, I guess they are short films. Um, none of them are feature length from IU students. Um, we'll show that at noon. And that is a free screening. Um, so anyone who wants to come by the BCT can check that out. And then at 2 o'clock, we'll have what we call our Prism Youth Matinee. And uh, that will have, I believe, three or four shorts, as well as an hour-long film called Transitioning Transgender Children. And uh, that is a film out of Spain. So, uh, it should be very interesting, uh, to see that film. At four thirty we have a block of entirely shorts that is sponsored by Oddball Fermentables here in town. And um there is a film um from trans director Jake Graff, who was here a couple of years ago, uh, who acted in some other films that have uh shown at the festival. Um I'm trying to think of the others. There's a film out of South Korea. There are, I believe, two from England in that block. So it should be a really great block. And then at seven... We have uh, the feature after Louis, which stars Alan Cumming, and uh, if anyone out there have watched my so-called Life, Ricky, who is Wilson Cruz, is also in that film. But um, Alan Cumming's character survived, you know, the HIV/AIDS crisis. His partner did not, and it's really a drama about how, you know, he's kind of coping in this this new LGBTQ community. We have um, kind of seeing the differences between like his generation and the new generation, and kind of trying to figure that out and navigate that, and. Then and then finally, our last block is at nine thirty on saturday and that will include a great film called signature move uh which is based in chicago and it is a lesbian story about a muslim woman a muslim pakistani woman and a mexican woman and there's la lucha libre wrestling if i if my if memory serves <laughs> and so it should be very it should be very interesting and fun and then uh we finish everything off at the back door with an after party and a drag show so it should be a great weekend wow that's yeah.
2: a lot <laughs> how much are tickets are they still available the, tickets
0: are still available. You can buy them at the door. Um, You can also buy them online uh, through the Buskirk Chumley box office. Uh, You get individual screenings are $15 for adults, um, $10 for students, college and and high school students and seniors who are 60 plus. Um, But the all access festival pass gets you into everything. That is sixty dollars for adults, thirty dollars oh. for students and seniors, so with all the movies you 're getting nice. um, all the talkbacks you 're getting, this is probably the best bargain you 're ever yeah, going to get for like, any I'm film so, yeah
4: as far as like uh screening them, how did you guys go about you know picking the films? my gosh
0: it 's an arduous process, so we have a film selection committee okay. um, and they they it 's self selected. Uh, we put a call out, and do you want to screen films for the next six months? If yes, come out. And uh, we do met you put at the that library. out to the community. Yes, or? anyone can do it. And um, and so that's why representation is so important because you know when you have a diverse crowd right. screening the films, you get diverse films, right? And you diverse points of view leads to better film selection. So um, we the I believe the committee got together maybe in April or okay. May. It was a little late this year, and uh, we put calls out to production companies and films just start coming in. How many films
4: do you guess? Oh,
0: more than a hundred. Yeah. They go through more than a hundred films and um, they watch them all summer long and they rate them. And then do they meet as a group or? Well, they watch individually because now I think in the early days of the festival, you got DVDs or tapes. And so it required. Kind of communal viewing But now things come in on Vimeo They have passwords So watch as you can Rate them And then uh on October Like in late October The committee gets together And they vote okay. And um, it is a it's a serious yeah, meeting um, with people like fighting for their favorites the and on yeah yeah it's it's intense and then and then we have we have the lineup um, the the selections go to the board of directors um, for a final check just to make sure that we have good representation and that we're telling the right stories and then the lineup goes out and so then it's a then it's a question of, Dear production com- company, can we show your film? Right. Um, and then, and here we are.
4: Is it, it costs to the, um, the, the pride can Yes, I, okay. yes.
0: This is a, uh, it is a, it is not a profitable event, right. um, because it does cost a lot. It costs hundreds of dollars to screen these. So tables. do
4: you do corporate sponsors? Uh, do yes, you-
0: we do have, uh, we have sponsorships from Bloom, from Upland Brewing Company, uh, Cardinal Spirits, Oddball Fermentables, I mentioned before, um, Limestone Post, and, uh, Gather, the, uh, the handmade shop on the square, mm-hmm. um, And so these are, these are companies either through in-kind donations or, or through cash are able to help us out. Um, because without that support and without the support of people in the community who donate, uh, their own dollars, this would not be possible. Right,
2: right. Well, fantastic. Nice that it's an entire weekend. Um, yeah. and, and it always
4: comes up so fast. Yeah. It's you know, it's like boom. It's like you know, get Christmas and then February, whatever and it comes along, and then I'm like, you know, I'm running around. And this year I'm gonna try to actually get to all of them, but oh, I, hope I so. only get to like a couple
2: of them because. It just – it appears. I, <laughs> I, just... right. I signed up for the workshop. Oh, you did? Oh, Saturday, great, absolutely. Great. Yeah, I, I'm excited about uh, hearing what he has to say. And...
0: Yeah, and anyone out there who's interested in the workshop, we have a Facebook event. Uh, visit the Bloomington Pride Facebook page and, and, and our event section, and it is there. Um, it requires registration through GLAAD, uh, but – It shouldn't, there, there are probably 20 spaces still available. So if you're interested, if you're interested in LGBTQ activism and learning how to tell your story perhaps to people in communities who are, uh, uh, who, who may be new to that story, um, this would be a great session for you. So
2: let's, let's take a brief break so we can take a breath and enjoy some great music. Coming up is the track Emerald Street by Jamila Woods featuring Sheba off her album
5: heaven. i be in my nightgown, chicken wings ready. If you bring the my sauce, we can go steady. You can have the coleslaw, we can share the one straw. And the alley is jumping Treat the corner store like it's a lunch and I heard your best friend like, like my cousin Old lady say to stay out of whack Talk back, then I got put on punchin'. Couldn't go outside for a minute Even try to run away like I'm talking I know you like my bike, it's a hobby With the pins. we be stunning Someone stole it, I call shorty He say he seen someone on it Got it back the same night I hope this day never ends Then I tell you how I like it Say that we was his friend Damn
2: you've been listening to emerald street by jamala woods featuring Shaba. we
4: now return to our discussion with the L- with lgbtq activist and bloomington pride chairwoman janae cummings
3: so we were talking about some stuff over the break and there was a few things you wanted to mention first of all before we uh Kind of got too far into the discussion.
0: Oh, sure. Um, next week is not just uh, our film festival, which runs Thursday to Saturday. We are also partnering with the IU Cinema and IU's Black Film Center archive to present uh, Cheryl Dunier Blurring Distinctions. And, uh, starting Sunday, there will be, from Sunday to Tuesday, there will be events, um, surrounding her films, including Monday screening of The Watermelon Woman, which is a, uh, premier les- black lesbian film from the 90s and that will be followed uh, by a Q&A I'll mo- I'm- I will moderate a Q&A with Cheryl Ooh. Just falling all over myself. <laughs> You're doing I'll good. I'll moderate a and A yeah. with Cheryl uh, f- uh, following the screening of that film. So it's a good way to kind of kick off festival week.
4: And just and we might have hit on this and maybe I even missed it, but uh, all the movies are showed in one place.
0: Yes, everything is at the Buskirk-Chumley Theater. Okay,
4: okay, that's what I thought.
0: So I mean, theoretically, you get your pass and just you know come hang out, right? Maybe take a nap there right. or something if have, you
4: need. Have lunch. Yeah, there's a lot of places to have lunch there. Um, well, we talked a little bit about um, just on kind of the Evolution of, of Bloomington Pride and, you know, how it went from nothing to something to a, a big, much bigger event. Um, talk maybe a little bit about that on just kind of, you know, you know, how, how it's grown and the community and people being involved in Sure.
0: Um, Bloomington Pride. Uh was founded four years ago and it was founded around the film festival. It was, uh, kind of strictly an arts organization. And a couple of years after that, uh, we start, we had our first, what was then called Summerfest. It's now called Pridefest and that took place on a block, I think at like Fourth and Walnuts right. and it was kind of a small affair. And over the last, uh, four years that has grown into an event with, you know, maybe 10,000 people taking place on Kirkwood Avenue. And um, from there, we have grown again. We have um, three programs, the PRISM Youth Community, which serves uh, LGBTQ+, and allied youth ages 12 to 20, uh, the Trans and Allies Support Community, which is a peer-facilitated support group for trans, uh, genderqueer, non-binary people, and uh, the LGBT Aging and Caring Network, um which is for our rainbow elders. It's very much a support group. They get together and have breakfast and book club and that kind of thing. It's really great. Um And apart from that, we have educational workshops, which I mentioned before. Um, but it goes beyond uh, the three topics of race and racism, uh, homelessness and spirituality to include things like estate planning and um, dating and the kinds of things that really impact our community. I think, you know, trying to focus on legal issues and financial issues, things that, you know when we weren't able to be married and you know our family structures were different we didn't plan as much as a community and so these are the kinds of things like we need to tackle now
4: do you guys have a home base
0: we do not have a home base. base We, we wish we did. We, we live off the generosity of people in the community. Um, we have, we host a lot of our events at Monroe County Public Library. Uh, the Unitarian Universalist Church is a great partner to us and allows us to have events there and have meetings there. Um, our board, for instance, meets at the UU Church. Uh, Prism Youth Community meets at, uh, the UU and, and the public library as does Task. So, um, we are, we are an organization without a physical home. Yeah, I'm
4: surprised maybe the city should, you know, Open little space for that. That would room. be wonderful. Hello, Mr. Mayor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> knock, knock. <laughs> um, this is great. Um, and then, uh, you know, what I'm impressed with that it, it, it's just not one event. It's you know, and 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 I'm in the community. I you know, and I'm still being educated about what there is, what, what you guys have out there, and I think a lot of people and the community don't know yet. Well, and this has
0: been a concerted effort, a very much an effort to expand. Um, there is no sense in calling yourself a pride organization if you're not going to serve and if you're not going to take care of the more marginalized people in your community. And this is something that as a board, um, we we agreed upon about a year or so ago and decided to make that move uh, toward specifically toward service. And we can still have a good time and we still celebrate our culture and protect the arts, but also making sure that we're doing outreach and making sure that we're ed- Educating and that kind of thing is really what we're pointing toward.
4: Yeah, I love that site. If somebody wants to be on the board or wants to be involved more or less in that, is there a uh – an application or do yes,
0: you just uh for if you are wanting to be a member of the board and I'll say this first and foremost, it does scare a lot of people away, we are a working board. Right. Um, this is not a board where it's not a governing board where you just right. kind of sit and You can't buy your way in. Right. You can't <laughs> oh I mean it would be lovely. Right. If you, you want to buy your way in, um that's super because we can absolutely always use the donations, but this is very much you're a member of the board, like how do you want to serve? Right. Um how do you want to uh make your impact and that's what you focus on and that's what you do. And so that's what board membership means for us. But, um, and anyone is, is welcome. Just talk to me. Um, easy to find. Um, but if you want to volunteer at events, if you want to participate in outreach or programming, um, just visit our website, bloomingtonpride.org, uh, slash volunteer. And there's a handy Google form that you can fill out.
2: Awesome. Is there any kind of an initiative to expand beyond the Bloomington area? There's so many rural, com- I'm from Brown County, rural communities where It would just be wonderful to have some kind of a presence.
0: Yes. Yes, that's absolutely something we're working on. It's one of those long-term plans that uh-huh. hopefully after we get out of the film festival season, the kind of thing we can start to like, who do we need to speak to? Where do we need to go? Um, because some people, plenty of people can't get to Bloomington. They don't have the means uh, to get to town. And if they do, it's very much a big deal. Like I'm coming to Bloomington this month, like that kind of thing. And so um, we're working on ways to do outreach there to let people know that they have support and um, trying to figure out what that looks like. So if anyone has ideas on things to do, We're all ears.
2: Well, I would like to be a part. I can't say that I have ideas now, but I think that would be a way. You
4: could put your camper – in you know, service, and that could be the mobile. What kind of service, Frankie? will? <laughs> this is a family.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, right. I would be happy to do that. But I think, you know. So it, I got your camper now. <laughs> headquarters. We might have, yeah. We, we got might headquarters. might physical space. Uh, <laughs> nice to know that we have Bloomington to come to. I mean, it has always been a solace to me to know that it's here. I love Bloomington, but we want to expand feeling comfortable at home for people right. so that's that's wonderful I look forward to seeing what kind of things congeal to help help grow
0: and I look forward to your involvement and that goes to anyone I mean as I have mentioned before we are purely volunteer and this is a community effort so um, anyone who has ideas anyone who wants to get something done we want to get things done so just reach out
4: awesome do you have anything on like the wish list I mean you you named a couple of different things but is there anything that the you know that the board is looking for or something that, you know, you guys have been struggling at with trying to or
0: I think the big picture wish list is definitely a space. Okay. Like because it's nice to have a safe space, not just for us to like have our meetings, but for a place for people to go and for people to have, to take solace or to pick up some resources or just to talk to somebody. So, you know, down the road, of course, that's what we're shooting for. Right right now, I think what we really want to do is work on our programming and make sure that we're doing better and well-funded and uh, more intentional outreach to communities, to people of color, to trans people, um, to to people from lower economic backgrounds, like that kind of thing. Like really making sure that we're expanding beyond, um, I think, our, our, our cisgender, white, uh, gay and lesbian friends. Like we've – there's more to us than that. Right. And so we've got to make sure that we're serving people. We're serving everybody. And right. so I think that's what we're really focusing on is making sure we have the resources and we have the energy um, to go out there and get those kinds of things done.
4: Well, I think in a community like us, I mean, we, we're, we have so much. Yeah. And being able to tap in on everybody and, and pull them in, I mean, that's, you know, the gift that this yes. city has. Yes. So I think it could be, you know, I loved it to be in the forefront of, you know, that's why, again, you know, years ago there was a, um, a, a center called The Beacon, which I was on and we started and it was kind of the, the same thing. It wasn't pride, but, um, we, we had a facility, but it was really difficult and this was, gosh, maybe 15 16, 17 years ago i'm um, just getting the you know still trying to get the community involved and yeah. it's just awesome to see that you guys are at this point and
0: No it's exciting and i mean the more community involvement the better um this is not like an exclusive situation where like we're oh, right. a special club right? right and so um people who want to be involved people who who want to share and do the work and right. awesome we're open arms That's awesome out of
3: curiosity um before we end up uh signing off i have a quick question um have you thought about like partnering with other pride groups from the area um the first yeah that that was exactly the first thing that was coming to my mind especially with the question about outreach to more rural communities groups like spencer pride or uh other surrounding areas have you do you often communicate with we those we do groups? we do
0: we have a good relationship with Spencer Pride they're good friends of ours um we're helping a uh, a burgeoning uh, pride group in the Ohio Valley in Lawrenceburg try to find its feet um they are working on just how do we have a pride parade yeah, and yeah. uh how do we get this done and so giving them advice uh, reaching out to other areas uh the tri-state alliance in Evansville uh, making sure that we're all connected um staying connected to Indy Pride and Lafayette Pride for way and that kind of thing so we're all in contact and we're all in this network um so usually when you go to a pride event we're all there and uh they come to ours and we go to theirs and and just try to stay in touch
3: and just sort of foster the community right Mm -hmm. awesome awesome i i can't you know (laughs) that's why i love to hear (laughs) and it looks like we are just about out of time, folks. But before we go, let's take a few moments to thank our lovely guest, Janae Cummings, Chairwoman from Bloomington Pride. Well, thank you for having me. Additionally, uh, first of all, you are so welcome. We would love to have you on again. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm happy to come back. Uh, we want to take a moment, too, to thank our lovely, lovely listeners and all the volunteers here at WFHB that make this show possible.
2: Blooming Out is produced by Alex Ashkin. Our executive producer and news director is Wes Barton. I'm Frankie Preslav.
3: And I'm Alex Ashkin. Tune in next week for a brand-new Blooming Out every Thursday from 6 to 7 p.m. on WFHB. Volunteer-powered community radio for South Central Indiana.
2: Blooming Out, Indiana's only LGBTQ plus radio program, airs every Thursday evening here on WFHB at 5.30 p.m. You can also stream us 24 hours a day, seven days a week on WFHB.org or bloomingout.com.
4: Thank you for listening. Please tune in again next week
0: to Blooming Out.